Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. All right, welcome into another episode of the Five Out Pod. When you say Five Out, what do you mean by that? I'm Tyler Devitt, joined by Matt Medeiros here in studio. And if you're wondering why you're hearing the soothing sounds of my voice... As opposed to Nick Fryer, it's because Nick's being a company man. He's down in Fort Myers, Florida, covering the Red Sox spring training for WEI and WEI.com. So Nick is back next week, but Matt and I dig into all things Celtics. We review the past week for the team since the trading deadline. We'll review some comments made by Kendrick Perkins on the broadcast last night talking about Kyrie Irving and the story that won't ever go away and why he didn't vote for Marcus Smart for Defensive Player of the Year. And then in the rest of the NBA, Matt and I try and figure out what the hell is wrong with the Sixers. And does it come down to trading Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid? And who is your choice there? And finally, we know how officiating is tough in every single sport, but what happened last week with the Jazz and the Blazers is simply unacceptable, and there may need to be some changes in terms of accountability and how the league treats its officials. And let's get it going! Look, I'm just trying to be alright with it, yeah. I'm just trying to be alright with it. Yeah. I'm just trying to see the light in it. I think we should take a ride with it. I'm just trying to spend the night with it. Yeah. I just want to be alright with it. Yeah. All right. So this is the first podcast in the history of Five Out Pod without Nick Fryer. It's never been just me and you, Matt. It's uh, Tyler Devin, Matt Medeiros. Uh, Nick Fryer is somewhere wearing long sleeves and jeans <laughs> down in the sweltering heat of uh, Fort Myers. Are you enjoying his coverage? He's now a baseball guy, apparently. Yeah. You got to pick a side, Nick. Pick a side. Are you hoops or baseball? He's, he's baseball for this week, so that's why uh, you got us two guys filling in. Uh, we're always here pretty much every week. There's a lot more space in this. I'm actually sitting in Nick's chair. I feel special. I know, and our setup is usually, I can only see Nick and not <laughs> see you. I can just only hear you, yeah. but uh, I can see you this time. So we got some good stuff we want to get to on today's uh, episode, or this week's episode, of the 5 Out Pod. Good week for the Celtics, and uh, they lost last night, but there were some encouraging things. I mean, in the NBA, every game is closed until, what, the final six minutes. Last night was no different. It was a two-point game, like 96-94 with two minutes left. The, yeah, the, was, the Rockets go on a run and they can never recover. It was almost like a scheduled loss, almost. That's what it kind of felt like, yeah, you, you know, because they had won like they won like eight or something in a row. They won a bunch in a row and they were playing pretty well. Um, but I didn't. I, unfortunately, I only watched like the first quarter last night. Um, but I actually had watched them play against the Thunder. I was pretty impressed with you know overall how everybody was playing. So I, I, they had been playing well of late. Now, I do say it was a good week for the Celtics because I didn't want them to make a trade. And Danny it seems confident enough that he wasn't willing to give up pieces 
to make the trade. Now, there's been a lot of media reaction uh, here on WEI and in the city of Boston. But um, just to go back to last week, do you think it was a mistake for them to stand pat and not make a move and kind of ride it out to where they're at? I mean, even though that they're playing well right now, it's easy to be like, no, Danny you know, made the right decision. No, I still believe he, he screwed up and it's going to bite them in the ass down the road because other title contenders made a move. He didn't. Now, what that move was, what the pieces they had to give up to get the move, I, we'll never know. They don't share that information. Um, I was in the mindset I didn't want to give up any of their what I consider their top seven or eight players. Right. I was willing to give up whatever picks because I'm sick of holding picks. I would have traded picks, traded anybody at the bottom. You're not a fan of three first-round picks yeah, every year? Yeah, just trade them. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, how many does he actually hit on? So you're, you're not drafting in the top ten. Yeah. I think Andy Hart actually put it pretty well. Like, what if what if Danny Ainge called up, you know, another team in the trade deadline and said, I'll offer you Fab Mello and yeah. James Young from Kentucky. Like, like if you say it like that, it's like, okay, those guys Jared stunk. Sollinger, like, you right. know, you, uh, Ante Zizic or whatever the hell his yeah, name was. Exactly. So it's going to be hit and miss at the deadline. The Celtics stand pat. They lose last night. But uh, going forward... Um, there's a big picture question to be answered, and that's kind of what Glenn always says: is they're a cute little team, and they have no chance at really beating the Bucks and stuff. But now I that, don't believe that though that they're, that their ceiling's not that that their ceiling is unable to beat the Bucks. Is I, what you're saying. I think the Bucks are the best team, but I don't believe that there's no shot in hell like that they can't beat them. That's just yeah, it's lazy, it's simple. Yeah. It's like ah, they're not good enough, so I'm not going to invest time in watching yeah. the Celtics. It's like well, no, like this team's always been capable of winning at home. So you're literally asking them to steal one road game. Yeah, I like the squad. My my problem is I feel like we're going to look back after the season and be like we were right with one of those teams, like Bucks or something. You know, let's just say the Bucks. We were right there with them, but they end up winning in six or seven, and be like, "Oh, well, I'm just, you know, you know, it was, it's obvious we were missing one piece, and that that will piss me off because then we'll look back and be like, Danny, come on, we're one piece away, you know, or something like that.' That that's kind of how I see it playing out. But th- to tell me that, I think this season would be a disappointment if they're not in the Eastern Conference Finals in Game Six or Seven. I think that'd be they a- they should be. They should at least get to the finals. Like I don't think the Heat are better than them. People like no. they're, they're, they've played better at at some points, probably most of the season so far. But I don't think they're better than the Celtics. I don't. The Celtics have been beat up like at times. Like they just got Iguodala. Like fine, okay. Like that's not that's not going to put you over the top and make you a better team than the Celtics. So yeah. like, I don't think the Heat are better. I don't think the Pacers are better. Like I, it's, it's the Bucks. It's the Bucks. It's, Bucks. it's the Celtics, and I think it's everybody else. I would agree with that. You, you should. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's smart logic. And for people that say, like, oh, it's a cute little team, that they don't have the ceiling or no. the good enough players to beat the Bucks. it's like, it's literally just Giannis and, you, and really good three-point shooters. And exactly. If you look at that, like, if you if we match up the Celtics and Bucks, the real advantage I think the Bucks have is they have the best player, which usually if you have the best player— Who is literally unguardable. Yeah, he, I mean, with the rules in the NBA and how they call it, yes, he is literally unguardable. Um but hey, listen! If he wants to keep shooting threes, please lay off him. That's a, that's a scouting report. Is oh. just back off. Two I know, feet. And, but he's like trying to prove that he can hit him. Hey, listen! If you're gonna lose, you lose like that. Yeah, I'll, I'll take my hit. hat off for that one. If he hits ten threes in a game, that's how you lose. But other than that, like if if I look at the depth, I like us at every other position. Yeah, let's go point guards. You go Eric Bledsoe, Kemba, Kemba. Thank you. I hate Eric Bledsoe, Kemba all day of the week. Absolutely. Um, who'd be the another two. matchup? Brown and. Chris Middleton? I still like Jalen Brown. Call me crazy. Chris Middleton's not a bad player. He sucked on the I Team USA o- team. I think it's obvious you would take Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown any day of the week. Yeah. Um, let's say, I mean, obviously if it's Tatum, Giannis, you're going to take Giannis. But you could reverse it and say Tatum or Chris Middleton. I'm taking Tatum. 
Yeah. So Giannis is the only other guy. Like, and maybe I I I can't stand Brooke Lopez. So I'll never pick, even yeah. though I'm not huge no fans. Brook Lopez. Give me Tice. Give me Tice over you know Brooke Lopez. He, please. Tice fits this team so much better than Brooke yeah. Lopez would. And but I would it, hate Brooke Lopez if he was on this team. So. Again, you know, maybe they have a, an advantage. If, you know, people will say, oh, Brooke Lopez is clearly the better player than Tice or Canner, whatever. It's still not that big of an advantage. I think you have the advantage at at least three, maybe four, to me, positions on the floor. And the bench for the Bucks is kind of interesting because you've got guys who can come off the bench and score. Mm-hmm. You've got, like, Dante DiVincenzo is, like, uh, I love is him. legit. I like, love him from Nova. Like, yeah. he was slept on coming out of Nova, but that kid can, like, he's athletic as hell, and he can shoot the ball, too. Yeah, and they've got, good. I think they've got some, like, other guys. Like, they've got Robin Williams. Well, they have, come off the they bench have a mass shoot. product. Who's not a three-point shooter? they got Pat. Pat will come off the bench and score. So they got guys who could do it, and... They're a damn good defensive team, too. And the Celtics, they've had their issues defensively. At and times, everyone yeah. always points out Ennis Cantor, who's been gone recently, uh, but he will be back soon, I believe. Um, but uh, with last night's Celtics game, there's an interesting uh, audio clip that's making the rounds that went viral. It's an old friend of WEI, uh, Kendrick Perkins, who talked about uh, uh, Kyrie Irving and took a shot at him on last night's broadcast. You know, when I was playing for the Celtics, I never really focused on the, you know, the crowd or the fans. I was so locked in. But now that I'm an analyst and I, you know, I'm retired, it's amazing how many Celtics fans there are around the world. No doubt. Do you hear these chants right now? Yeah. Let's go Celtics. Mm. And Kyrie Irving didn't want to play for this franchise. Time I think of that guy want to throw him. <laughs> So he is somehow taking the point of like, oh, there's great chance of like oh, the Celtics turnout. It's uh, let's go Celtics in Houston, and he immediately takes it back to like, oh, Kyrie's a turd, like, <laughs> which we all know about. But it's like, are we ever going to move on from Kyrie Irving? Is I, mean, it, I, I have. It, I mean, I have, but obviously, clearly, people don't. I, I mean, it, it makes me happy because I, I think he's a turd too. So yeah, you know, he's not your issue anymore. Like he, he's exactly. The, oh, I. Comparing it, himself to MLK up in Brooklyn is Ke- ridiculous. Having stuff. Kemba is a breath, uh, you know, a fresh, a breath there. Like it's just he's totally different, much better leader. Guy, you know, Kyrie, and then <laughs> I just thought it's the KD thing where he said, "I just wanted to go to the Warriors so I I could play with uh, you know guys that could shoot over thirty percent." And then they pulled up the stats. Did you see that? No. So th- then someone tweeted, "This isn't making sense." They were literally sending percentages of all the guys he played with in that OKC run, and they all were, like, shot a good percentage. So yeah. him and K- Kyrie and KD, just you're perfect for each other. They are. You're both lunatics. You both are really, 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 really good basketball players, but you're both absolutely mentally just gone. Like, I don't even know what the hell you guys talk about. That time. is all reality-based, <laughs> and I live in that world. I do not miss Kyrie. No. Do not miss Kyrie. Uh, speaking of uh, Kemba Walker, it just brought up this to my mind. These idiots over at 98.5, the sports sub, Felger and Maz, these guys are so, they're, they're running on false narratives, which they do all the time in their show. They've done maybe three, four hours of content this week, all centered around Marvin Williams choosing the Bucks over the Celtics. Oh, that's, whew, that's big news. It's, it would have put them over the top. Oh it it would have been God. the difference for the, the Celtics I mean, in 2020. Yeah. And it's all based upon uh, Kemba Walker coming out and saying, oh, wow, like, he chose the Bucks over us. Like I, I spent like a good month trying to get him to come to Boston, and so these idiots Felger and Maz are taking this as, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. He chose 
Milwaukee over Boston. Danny Ainge, you couldn't get this deal done. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. There was never any reported interest. About, I don't. I have no interest. Nobody has interest in Marvin Williams. Like he may have wanted ten million dollars to score ten points off the bench. No, thank you. Like, I'm, I'm good. That does not put you over the top. I'm no, sorry. No, it, it doesn't. And these guys across the street are acting like this was like a missed move by Danny for not bringing in Marvin Williams. Yeah, just talking about something you don't really know much about. If that's that's your content, because that's pretty stupid. No, to, to ask, you know, if you ask me, was there a guy out there that would have put the Celtics over the top at the deadline, or even like on a buyout market? Like, would Evan Turner be of interest to you? Evan Turner was a guy who was thrown out there. I mean, depending on what you give up, I don't. Again, I think I think the piece they're missing to me personally is 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 a big guy, you know, because I think Tyson Antor are really good backup. Centers. I just don't think they can play starter minutes. What about Tristan Thompson? I like if you if he got bought out. Yeah, I am all in. I am all in on that because I you know I saw what he did in the finals for the Cavs. Like that guy could guard. You know, people on he could switch pick and roll. He could guard. You know, he obviously has that drama BS off the court that we don't really get into, but, <laughs> which I think he's a moron. But as a basketball player, yes. You could bring the Kardashians to Boston. Oh, great. Yeah, that's exactly Actually, I don't think he's, he's not tied to them anymore, is he? Probably he not. He broke up with them. But anyways, the reason I bring that up is Paul Pierce thought that if you could bring Tristan Thompson to the Celtics, it would put them over the top. I, I want to get to Paul. Can you do, go directly <laughs> into your camera here and make a pitch to Tristan Thompson to take uh, the buyout Tristan, so the Celtics can pick him up? You are the one player that can... Put the Boston Celtics over the top, taking a couple extra less millions. Ellie, that'll put them over the top. <laughs> That's like, just what they need—a physical presence, a veteran leader, a champion. I would—I'd be for it, and I don't think it, there's reports saying that oh, there was talk, there was talks about a buyout, and then uh, David Aldridge came out and said like, no, there's not. Mm-hmm. So there's, the door seems to be open that it's a possibility. I bet if he threw a fit and wanted his way out of Cleveland, he could come to Boston, but. Would you pay big money for Tristan Thompson? And is that the guy that would put them over the top, like Paul Pierce says? Now, like, you know, Did, isn't there a is that enough amount? to beat Milwaukee? Is just adding Tristan Thompson? I think it would give you a good shot. I think he definitely could. It would definitely help, to say the least. I mean, I don't want to sit here and be like, you know, what Paul Pierce just said. I think that's, you know, that's a lot. But I think it. it I would be one hundred percent in for it. I don't know what you could give him money wise, but again, I it's a guy that can guard. He is physical. He, yeah. I mean, do you remember? Talk about not even just defensively in that He When he played us, uh, when they played the Celtics in the playoffs, he killed us on the glass. You know, it's a guy who can rebound. And he does, he's probably he's pretty much as good as an offensive rebound as Cantor is, except he can defend at a high level. So, yes, I'm in. What's interesting about that Paul Pierce comment is that, like, last week, he said, or two weeks ago, he said, like, there's no place in the league for Andre Drummond. Like, the game's passed him by. He can't shoot threes. He's a terrible free throw shooter. He can't play him at the end of games. Elite rebounder, but he only does that in, like, 20, 25 minutes, like, early in the game. So the, the game's passed him by. There's no place in the league for that. Isn't Tristan Thompson the same thing as Andre Drummond? Horrible free throw shooter. Mm. Can't play him at the end of games. Great rebounder. Not a great scorer. But not a good perimeter defender. And not a good perimeter player. Well, I, th- I think Tristan Thompson has a role because he can because he can defend on the perimeter, I'm saying. I don't yeah. think Drummond can guard. No, in a pick and roll, Drummond's toast. Toast, yeah. yeah. I, I, I agree with the Drummond take. I, I mean, he is a good rebounder, but it's just sad because there's no there's – no po- and then that brings me back to just kind of like post presence. There's no real post presence in the league anymore. No, you're not th- – I mean – like that's how it really Drum- it's like Embiid. Like Embiid's the guy you throw the ball down and to, and he's an, and he's not we'll even get to him in a and second. He's, and he's sad 
as a post player. Like, he's not even dominant. But I, I would agree with the Drummond thing. I, Tristan, I have a hard time only because I do think there's a role for guys. I mean, he can rebound and he can defend. But, yeah, maybe he can't hit free throws. I don't think he's a terrible free throw shooter. Thompson? Yeah. It's like 60-something percent. Yeah. Drummond's like, he's been like the 40s and 50s at oh, some point. Drummond's years. horrible. He's like legit miserable. Yeah. They, he's a guy that were always saying he should shoot granny style. He should shoot granny style free throws. Yeah. I have no idea why Cleveland traded for him. I, I'll, I'll never understand that. that but that's it, Cleveland. It makes no sense. Um, back to the current Celtics. Uh, one more Kendrick Perkins cut that made some news yesterday. He doesn't have Marcus Smart on his defensive player of the year ballot. It seems a little ridiculous, but here's his explanation for that. Defensive player of the year candidates. AD. All right. Everybody for understand sure. that. Giannis. Rudy, Ben Simmons, Hassan Whiteside, no Marcus Smart. Show my guy some love, bro. But listen, you see Marcus, you've watched him before. You know what he does. I understand that, but things that's known don't have to be said. I got a job (laughs) to do, and I can't be biased. Because every time I tweet something about the Celtics, I just tweeted out the day before, man, the Celtics should never get rid of Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. I can't have people saying that I'm a homer. I know know how I feel. Let me tell you something about about Marcus Smart, right? If, if you see Marcus Smart in the fight with a bear, you better help the bear. I know that much. You better help the bear. I'll tell you that. That's, hey, that is that's, true. that's better than the defensive player of the year. i tell you that. So he's taking Marcus Smart over a bear in a one-on-one fight. But he didn't give him the vote. He, the guys he voted for would be Anthony Davis, Giannis, Rudy Gobert, who was damn good at blocking shots, uh, Ben Simmons, and your guy, uh, Hassan Whiteside. I agree with the first three that I would pick them over Marcus Smart, but Ben Simmons ben, what the and Whiteside. What the hell does Ben Simmons do? Can't shoot. Well, I know that. I I don't know. I've never watched him and be like, oh, he's a great defender. And Hassan Whiteside's lazy as crap. So I'll not, I mean, Rudy Gobert, I respect a lot. He's he's way better than Hassan. He's Whiteside. probably the best rim protector in the league. I a hundred percent. Yeah, I don't think there's even a question. Um, but the other the other guys, I agree with on that list. I, I I definitely don't agree with Ben Simmons. I feel like Ben Simmons kind of just gets like the rep of like, oh, he's a good defender because like he's a good athlete and he's big. All right, Ben Simmons. Like, he guards, ben like, Simmons is an all star that can't shoot with his right hand. No, he doesn't. It won't even sh- be willing to shoot threes. He's he's a joke. Um, that actually is a good segue because the Sixers are a complete mess. They are losing games left and right. Although they don't lose at home, like twenty it's weird, like twenty three and two at and home, literally like nine and twenty on the road. And their numbers on the road are horrendous. They're the New York Knicks on the road. They're the Boston Celtics of last year. I've said it over and over again. That's actually a really good comparison because the Celtics could win at home last year. They sucked on the road, and I I believe if you're a good team, you win on the road. That's yeah. That's actually a really good point because they will not lose at home in the playoffs or in the regular season, but they will lose like in embarrassing fashion, like and to they, the Hawks, to the, the Magic, to like shit teams, horrible ass teams. And I saw like the the stats I, last night on the on the broadcast because they were playing the Clippers. Their number one like defensive efficiency, one of those numbers. They're number one in the league at home. They're like twenty sixth. On the road, which is like mind bo- like that's just effort. I don't. That's a mindset. I don't. I have no idea. It's not like they don't have talent. It's like Charles Barkley called yeah. them the Browns. They they seem to be going in the absolute wrong direction. The process is not working out very well. And now everyone's been talking about like, what do you? How do you fix this? Like, do you? You gotta the, get rid of the trade deadline's over, so you're not going to buy out anyone. You can't really make any big moves. So like, this is their team for this year. But what do you do next year? Is it? Do you rectify this by trading Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid? Like, that is the big question. Like, who is it? And 
was interesting to me is Brian Windhorst on the jump the other day. Uh, actually, it was the uh, Hoop Collective Pod, which is like one of ESPN's daily podcasts for basketball. He said there's been conversations around the league that Joel could be on the move. One of the conversations that people are starting to have in the league is, will they move Embiid? What's the price? Where would he go? I'm not going to yeah. get into that, but my point is that people are talking about that. I don't think that they would do that without making a, an adjustment to the head coach. It's such a radical thing. But the fact mm-hmm. that we are in mid-February and the people who work in the league who have to prepare in advance are mulling over Joel Embiid potentially coming to market, whether that's true or not. I mean, you know, I, Josh Harris can come on this podcast and deny it if he wants. But the fact that people are talking about it is not good. It's a symptom of where they are. Matt Medeiros, who do you trade, Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid to fix this mess in Philly? Um, me, personally, I think I, it depends, I guess, because I've been thinking about this. Obviously, my first reaction is trade Ben Simmons. Joel Embiid's the better player, Yeah. right? If you're the Sixers, are you looking for – do you believe Joel Embiid's your centerpiece? Because if you do, yes, trade Ben Simmons, not hard. Or – do you believe Ben uh, Joel Embiid doesn't really want to be there because of the? I told you about those comments that were on Jimmy Butler's, uh, or I think it was Embiid's Instagram or Jimmy Butler's, whatever. You know, there was kind of like this thing of like, well, maybe you know, Joel Embiid wants to get out of there and go to Miami. I or know something. a place where villains can go. Yeah. yeah. So if you don't believe he really wants to be there and doesn't want to buy in, whatever, I I would trade him. You'd get the more, you get more assets. Probably you'd probably get better, you know, return. And if you if you have Ben, it's it's two different things, right? Styles too, because if you if you keep Embiid, you need different players. You gotta you can't have Ben Simmons with Embiid. You gotta space the floor with shooters. Yeah, you gotta have guys you know that can do more than Ben Simmons. If you take Ben Simmons, it's just, uh, you know it's sort of similar. You you want to get guys that are fast. You want to play fast because Ben Simmons. I will say as much as I hate on him, he is good in transition. He's good at pushing the ball. John Bede's fat ass ain't getting up and down the court. Right. No, so he the takes style, so many plays off. I think that's why it, it, at some points it doesn't work. Like they look better when Al Horford subbed in uh, last night when because I, I was watching a little bit of the game. The, the flow of their offense was so much better when Bede and Bede was out because Horford spaces the floor. You can push the ball he, more. He moves so much better. And that's yeah. why they, they actually made a good adjustment of putting Horford on the bench c- coming off the bench. For Embiid, because the, the style is way is way better. I wonder if that will, you know, translate in them having yeah. better success on the road. But I, yeah, I don't, me personally, I, I, I actually don't like watching Embiid play because he doesn't dominate on the post. He, he, he he's all, a black. He's, he's a, all the tools to do that. Like he should. Oh, there's no was, excuse why he should. He do doesn't that. have great skill. He's really he's really poor back to the basket player. He, he honestly would rather just shoot fadeaways or shoot threes. So. I personally don't really like him either. I think he's the better player out of him and MB, uh, him and Simmons. But I know I didn't really give you an answer. But I've been kind of mulling it because I don't really like both players. But it's it's sort of where you want to go in your direction. After seeing Embiid in those comments, screw him. Send his send his ass out. It's it's picking two flawed players. It's, I think so personally. That's yeah. I think that's what this season shows. That and everybody's like, oh, the two you know the two superstars. I don't know, man. There's so many more players I'd rather want in the, you know in the league. Yeah. I think I would choose. It. I would trade uh, Simmons and I would keep Embiid. I think that's. The, I think that's a safer play. I think I would too. Because like I, I don't know why I keep thinking back to like the the draft that had what was it uh, Odin and Durant. Like everyone always said, like oh you have to take the, like the good big man, the good yeah. big man. It's like 
Well, like, yeah, Kevin Durant is, like, going to potentially be a project who could score off, you know, be, in it, like, one of the best scorers ever, like, insane gifts, but, like, you don't pass on a big man like Greg Oden. Like, he can be a rim protector and, and block shots and just change the look of your team. Well, like, Ben Simmons does change the look of your team, but, like, he doesn't shoot threes. So, like, his guy, like you said, can easily just sack down or off and play defense, uh, help defense on someone else and just clog the lane. So, like, it, I, I think it's so much harder to replace and be than it would be Ben Simmons. Oh, like they're, definitely. They're, ben definitely. Simmons' production could easily be replaced in offense. But, but uh, that, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Um, but, but my point goes back to, do you think Embiid actually wants to be there? Uh, no, because he, he did post, like, a weird thing on Instagram. It wasn't from the Jimmy Butler thing, but it was a different one. Like, uh, like you're a hero, blah, 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 but, like, if you're around so long, they'll you, see you, you become, like, a villain. villain or something. It's the Batman quote. Exactly, yeah. I totally butchered that. But it's basically, like, if you're around long enough, like, you're they're going to turn against see you. See yourself as the and villain, And yeah. he's basically saying, like, the Sixers fans are now, like, turning yep. on me. Like, this isn't my fault. Like, 100%. I did nothing wrong here. Like, 100%. This is, these idiots in Philly, like, these are, they're, it's their fault. It's like, well... Look in the mirror. Like everybody in the media is ripping you because you're part of the problem. Like you have, you can't say you have no blame here. Oh, he sh- if you're the best player, you deserve all the blame. And there's a NBA insider named Rick Bucher who's been to like yeah, ESPN, Sirius uh, XM. He's been everywhere uh, in the NBA in terms of reporting, and he's taking some heat now because he's with us. Like he would choose to trade Ben Simmons over Embiid, and here's his explanation. Which one would you give up? Trade? I would give up. Ben Simmons, because wow. I believe that Joel Embiid... Now, I talked to a number of GMs about this. If you're trying to win right now, you trade Ben Simmons. If you are playing the long game because of Joel Embiid's health and questions about his durability, you would go with Ben Simmons, and you're going to assume that he's going to develop a, uh, a jump shot at some point in his life before he retires. <laughs> uh, but, I, look, I just I feel like... Embiid is it, the problem with using him as Brook Lopez and just as a spacer is he can do so much more. Yes, he, you can play right. through him. He is a he is a, a passer. He can play below the below the free throw line. I don't. I want to fully maximize who he is. Ben, because I've seen look, I've seen Markel Fultz improve his jump shot. Lonzo Ball is a jump shooter. Giannis Antetokounmpo has a three-point shot. This, to me, is the great mystery in the NBA, is that Ben Simmons, after all these years, still does not have any semblance of a jump shot. Never mind three-point range. A pull-up jump shot Mm -hmm. from 17-18. He hit a three in the preseason, and that three was the most famous three-pointer ever hit in the history of preseason basketball. It got yeah. 10,000 retweets. You got people like Glenn Ordway on the radio saying this. Ben Simmons can shoot from the outside. <laughs> he can't, and he he will never be able to shoot because he's not willing. Like Rick Bucher mentioned, oh, Giannis can now shoot threes. Well, he worked on it. Like he couldn't when he got into the league at all. Like, and he's hey, still not a great shooter. No, I mean, but he's willing. Yes, because that's Mar- what you have to do. Markel Fultz had this weird injury. Seems more mental than physical, whatever. It's another story. But he relearned how to shoot the ball. He's a willing shooter. Ben yeah. Simmons is not willing to shoot threes, so that is why I would trade Ben. There was a lot of Philly fans that, I, I mean, uh, you know, Nick was posting some stuff on the Five Out Twitter, just like Philly fans' reaction. One guy was like, trade them both. I, I hate them both. Like, yeah. people are really turning against both of them. And that team was supposed to be, like, legit, like, this was their NBA year. Finals, this yeah. was their year. Like, they've underachieved for the past couple of years. This year's different, blah, blah, blah. But 
Yeah, that's the NBA for you. It's uh, it's uh, you never on paper you can be an All Star team, you could be a great team, and things can go Doesn't to crap matter. so fast just because of chemistry. It's just pay- one yeah, exactly. guy. We saw it last year with the Celtics. Yeah. Same thing on paper. Oh, everything looks great. Well, if it doesn't mesh, and maybe. <sighs> I was going to say, maybe that's why Danny didn't want to make a move, which that's stupid because he watched last year that thing starting to break down and he didn't make a move. Dumbass. Probably regrets now. Um, let's go over to the Western Conference as we're getting back to the uh, back half of the five-out pod here without Nick Fryer down in uh, Fort Myers. Um, I want to go to a game last week, which I knew that you were very upset about because it was a horrible ending to the game. It was an yeah. embarrassing end for the league. Uh, the Blazers Jazz. It was in Utah. Blazers down like one or two points um, with the ball. Um, and here is the play by play call with uh, ESPN. Lillard into the backcourt, has it in his hands. With Portland down two, Lillard splits the D, drives, and looks like it should have been a goaltend. It should have been a goaltend. No call. That absolutely looked like it should have been a goaltend. Absolutely 100% was a goaltend. Hits the window. Clearly a goaltend. As soon as it hits the window, you can't get it off that. So that is a official partner, television partner for the NBA, ESPN, Ryan Rucco and Doris Burke, blatantly saying, like, that is a missed call. Like, it's kind of rare to see, like, such transparency, like, on a broadcast. Like, they missed it. That sucked. That was a horrible call. But it was. Like, it was horrible. And it cost them the game. Like... What do you think about this? Because you were tweeting all about it, and yeah, I, I saw I some pissed. of these tweets. But like, how does the NBA let this happen? I don't know. That's why I've I've been saying the only thing the NBA did well in this is they didn't find Damian Lillard for his comments because Damian Lillard's video was awesome. Like, just pretty much just called all those sons of bitches out, and it's embarrassing to me because it just happens time and time again. The NBA officials. Are one, they're just horrible because you talk about last night the way they call they they don't call the they call the game different for every player and I think that's that's bullshit. I I don't know if I was a rookie in the league I'd find it really hard to be able to adjust what's a foul, what's not a foul, what's a travel, what's not a travel because it's it's so inconsistent. Just call it consistently. That's all I want. And and, and like if. If you're going to let guys take three steps, all right, let's make a rule that you can take three steps in the NBA. Because I never know. You, you ever watch the game and all of a sudden, like, they'll just call random travel. And I'm right. like, why is that a travel? Oh, that's, you know, but I've seen Giannis take like 17 steps that, you know, but that's not a travel because it's Giannis. So that's my problem is that they, 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 and just in a roughing sense, they ref everybody differently. But in that set, in that case, now with video replay, they give officials a crutch. In that moment, it's so, you know, it was obvious that it was, you could watch it live and you knew it was a goaltend. Like, it wasn't even a close bang-bang call. But even if it was, just call it. Call it a goaltend. You get to review it. You know in the back of your mind as official what's reviewable. And the fact that they told Damian Lillard, oh, it it was an obvious call. That is just (laughs) asinine. That just shows you that those officials suck. And my problem is, you know, a player can tell a ref to go, you know, screw himself and get attacked and get fined. What happens to these officials when they absolutely puke on themselves? Here's uh, Damien after the game. It's a loss on our record. We in a playoff race, and we need every game that we can get, and we have that type of effort, and they miss that uh, easy call like that. And then you want us to walk away and say nothing? It costs us a game. Of course we're going to have something to say about it, man. That's BS. It is, it is BS. It costs them the game, but did you see what uh, C.J. McCollum said? He has a solution for all this. 
He says, well, if you're going to find us for our mistakes, well, the refs cost us a game last night. Why not find them? And I'm starting to agree with them. He missed a call. That's one thing. I just don't like the explanation I got. The explanation I got really pissed me off because it's three of you out there. So if one of you doesn't see it, the other two are supposed to be in a different position to see it. So for you to say that it wasn't even close, and then one person to say it might have been obvious to you, but it wasn't obvious to us, just makes me think that you're just not capable of doing the job the way you're supposed to do it, which means you should be reprimanded. You should be fined accordingly. Um, When we make mistakes, we're fined. Exactly. And uh, they cost us a game that could cost people money. So they should be fined accordingly because that's terrible. Agree or disagree? I've been saying that, and that's the problem with NFL. All these officials, right? I get officials make bad calls because in the moment it's bang, bang sometimes, and it's hard to call. That one wasn't even close. No. And I just think it's it's like egregious that you have these instant replay reviews, and you know if you just call it, you you can go and review it. So if that's in the back of your mind, like all right, it was close. It's eight seconds, or I mean, not even eight seconds. It was like two seconds left in the game. Just call it. You can go review it. So and, and I I agree. I think you should be fined. If the NBA players can be fined or athletes can be fined for making mistakes, you make a mistake, you should be you should be fined or suspended games. There has to be some sort of accountability for this. It's it for the for the Jazz. They're playing for a top four seed for home court advantage, whereas the Blazers they're playing just to get in the playoffs. Correct. And they're they're now three games behind the eight seed, whereas opposed to only two if they win. Mm-hmm. So it's a whole different package or a way to look at it. If they just win one game, and that stuff happens nightly in the NBA. Oh yeah. I mean, not just on the last play of the game, but in stuff at the end of quarters or at the end of a shot clock or the, stuff like that. Where just it's you you can't have referees impacting. Playoff results, or, or teams that would be making the playoffs. It's it's absurd. I'm looking at the rules here. They have Section 1, Instant Replay Review Triggers. And number 13, quote, Officials are not reasonably certain whether a goaltend or basket interference violation was called correctly during the last two minutes of a fourth period or last two minutes of any overtime period. Is that not what happened last week? It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't called correctly. But according to the crew chief, because it wasn't called at, at all, all, they can't review. They it. can't review it. That's like saying in an NFL game, if I saw you fumble after a catch, yep. because we didn't call it a fumble on the field, we can't review it. Yeah, that's stupid. It that, is. That it is all time. It is really dumb. But at the same time, if you know that as a rule, if you're official, wouldn't you be like, "Crap, I'm just it's so close." Boom, goal ten. Right. Because at the end of the day, you go review it. If it's not a goal ten. See how the team's ball. Wow. Yeah. It's the opposite of blowing a play dead in the NFL. We're like, okay, scoop and score. We're like, we're not really sure, but yeah. hey, we, we need to let it go because we have to be able to correct this if we mess it up. Correct. In the NBA, the way to correct it if you mess it up is to actually by calling it more so. If you have any doubt that it, it is, you're blowing the whistle. Whereas in the NFL, you're swallowing it. Yeah. But it's it's th- th- these should be simple mandates. If you're going to err on any side, err on the side of – Okay, we can go to the video review and correct yeah. it if we screw it up. It's it's unbelievable. It's, it's, it's frustrating. It's frustrating really to watch. And and when you go to watch a game live, that's that's some of my problem. It takes away from the you know fun of the game just because some of the calls they make are just bananas to me. All right, we are near the uh, half hour mark. We're actually, past the half hour mark. So I kind of want to get out of here soon. Um, I want to throw this cut at you from last night's broadcast. One more. It is uh, Kendrick Perkins, Scal, and uh, Gorman. On the broadcast, I'll just play it and uh, hear your reaction. I want to make a kind of good play for us, Perkins. He has. You know what, Mike? I didn't know too much about him. And then uh, Scal came and he was like, 
I love Wanamaker. He's a man's man. I'm telling you, he really loves him and all this. And I was like, okay, well, let me keep an eye on him. And I, hey, he's one of my favorites. There's something about Danny in his eyes, scout talent, right? That's why he went got me a scout. He knows, cute. He knows tough guy. Like, Wanamaker's a tough guy. He's all no nonsense. And the fact that he went overseas and built his way up and he finally made it to the NBA, he appreciates all the minutes he gets out there. Well, listen, I can't name one soft guy on the Celtics roster. Kendrick Perkins won't say a bad word about the Celtics, and he and Scout love your guy, Brad Wanamaker. They where's, love him. Where's Tremont? I'm still He's waiting. He's a G League All-Star. Yeah, dude. I, I, he He's should be up than, here. He's better than Wanamaker. It's not even close. Yeah, you drafted two point guards in the in the draft, and you're not going to play him? Yeah. Why? Stupid. You got, a, you got a kid shoot. I think Tremont and uh, Carson have both been doing like 30 or 40 a game up in Maine. Like, just ridiculous scoring. Like, yeah. the shooting percentage is not great, but no. it's like, they're scoring ridiculous points. Like, give them a chance up here or down here. I should. Say. I, I guess at the end of the day, Wanamaker's up after this year, right? So it's probably his last. You know, and whatever he's been doing. Yeah. Okay. He does. You know, there's games where I'm like, all right, he's not bad. And there's some games he drives me nuts. But at the end of the day, next year, it's if he's still on the team, not and it's not Tremont Edwards' you know roles that's going to piss me off. Wanamaker's a tough guy. Yeah, real tough. Wanamaker's a tough guy. Um, anything? Uh, any shoutouts for you this week? Shout out, to, yeah! Shout out to Nick. Hope Florida's treating you right. Just wear some shorts or something. Sail one of those uh, Twin Peaks waitresses for us. <laughs> Put in the good word. Wear, wear some, wear some damn shorts. Bro. I'll be down there in two weeks, so you have to give me the lay of the land. All right, all right, all right. Uh, it's been fun. I think Nick expected like some fireworks between us, like arguments about you know Brown and Tatum, or I don't know what he was expecting because he kept saying, he kept hyping this podcast all year. I can't wait until you and Matt. Can't wait until you and Matt host a podcast. I didn't expect anything. Like, well, a ridiculous. lot of pe- a lot of people did think uh, this show could come crashing down because you know Nick does a good job of facilitating everything. Oh yeah, but you know I wasn't worried about this. He, Nick Fryer is easily replaceable. Is what you're I saying? Just, yeah, pretty much. I mean, I, we're, I we're pretty. Agree. We I think we did a really good job. If Nick, was, you can just stay in Fort Myers. Yeah. You, you could cover the Fort Myers Red Sox. Yeah, you, or something. Why don't you just go back to baseball? You know, we got it. All right. That is the Five Out Podcast. Nick Fryer returns next week. That is Matt Medeiros. I'm Tyler Devitt, and uh, thank you for listening. What it do, baby? Yeah, yo, what do you know? I'm just trying to be all right with it. Yeah. I'm just trying to be all right with it. Yeah. I'm just trying to see the light in it. I think we should take a ride with it. Yeah. I'm just trying to spend the night with it. Yeah. I just want to be all right with it. I'm just trying to see the light in it. I think we should take a ride with it. Hey, I got no resolutions, I'm just hoping for some... Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.